Perhaps you're feeling weary today, or you may be overflowing with great joy. Is your heart hurting, filled with fear or sorrow? Friends, we want you to know that God's Word is able to wash over you and flood your thirsty soul because it is living water. Through His Word, our thoughts are guided toward peace, strength, comfort, courage, and gratitude as we walk one day at a time with God. This podcast is part of the global outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. Hey friends, thanks for joining us. My name is Brenda. Walt and I are excited to share with you today. Let's open our hearts and our Bibles to learn more about our daily walk with God. And even as we start this, getting back into the book of Haggai, I want to remind us all um, a a little review of what's happened in in Haggai. Uh, The timeline is August to December, and we're now in in the December messages of 520 BC, and, and the people of God for 16 years have been disobedient. Um, they've been doing their own thing. And, and there seems to be two main themes in this book, and you can always find other themes, but the two main themes seem to be, one, what are your priorities? Um, in chapter 1, verses 5 and 7, the, the, the command is given, give careful thought to your ways. And then um, when that happens, verse 9 says, you expected much, but you see it turned out to be little what you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord God Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Um, the people had misplaced priorities. And because of that, they, they were experiencing the discipline of God. But the second theme, and, and that's what we're going to be focused on today, is is obedience. And, and as we focus on this in chapter 2, I'd like to share a quote with you from the Archaeological Bible, which highlights the need for obedience. Um, it says this, that there are consequences for disobeying God, and we see them in chapters 2, verses 16 and 17. But when God's people follow him, he graciously provides the enthusiasm, the strength, and the resources to do his will. God promised this post-exilic community in return for their obedience, he would bless them with his presence, with his peace, and with prosperity. And as you share that, Walt, we see those themes, priorities, consider, consider your ways, and then the obedience. And we saw how quickly in chapter one, they actually listened to the message that Haggai delivered to the governor, to the priest, and to the people. And they turned and they did begin to obey after walking and doing their own thing for 16 years. Yeah, um, it took them about two weeks to finally turn yeah. around and say, okay, we, we've got to do something. We don't like the way we're living. Yeah. We don't like the circumstances and we're in. It's a really great um, response to preaching a message. Haggai should have had his heart very encouraged, right? Yeah. Well, as we go in today to Haggai 2, verses 15 to 19, this is his third message. And just as we have two themes for the book, priorities and obedience, as Walt shared, then this third message seems to have two parts. If you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about 
holiness versus being unclean? And what does that look like to walk in a way that is holy as unto the Lord? And then today is the response of the individual, that idea, will I choose to obey? And this is a question we have to actually answer many times each day. Oh, yeah. We will listen to, um, to who? You know, what will I decide to do? What will my actions be? How will I follow through? We are faced with that decision every single day in many, many situations. And it reminds me of, of the, the famous quote by Francis Schaeffer, um, how then shall we live? Mm, yeah. And that's, that's what this passage is going to talk about. And so what a great call for us as we consider these verses today. Well, in verse 15, let me read, But now do consider from this day onward before one stone was placed on another in the temple of God. So let's break that down. The but now, the prophet is using a term of contrast. It's a that but, but now. So before this time, your years of disobedience, when you were not dealing with and fixing the Lord's house, the temple. And so what? God withheld his blessing in their everyday life. There was drought. They did not yield a harvest. The rains did not come so that the grain, the crops could grow in the field. But now their circumstances are going to change. Why? Because they've listened to the word of the Lord come through Haggai, and they have chosen to obey. And here we see this consider, consider your ways. Remember, we saw that in chapter one. So now it says, do consider. Here's this thought again. And Wald had shared several weeks ago, this was so great, and it's rich. Think deeply to muse, to ponder, to reflect on for a time. Consider what? Consider from this day onward before one stone was placed on another. And God's saying, look back to your years of disobedience. They had ignored the work on God's house. They had worked on their own houses. But now. And continuing on in Haggai verses 16 and 17. From the time when one came to a grain heap of 20 measures, there would be only 10. And when one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there would be only 20. I smote you and every work of your hands with a blasting wind, with mildew and hail, yet you did not come back to me, declares the Lord. Now, from that time, you, I, I've been disciplining you, but I want you to come back to me. You go to grain heap and, and you expect 20, but you only get 10 measures of grain. And that's late spring, early summer harvest. You go to a wine vat that you draw 50 measures, but only 20 measures are there. That's um, the harvest in September and October. And the Lord said, I will smite you with heavy works of your hands with a blasting wind. And I have a great illustration on that. So um, in in 2000, which um, was a, a delightful time, I went and spent seven weeks training to take groups to Israel and do Bible study trips. And so I just spent seven weeks in Israel, and I specifically remember on May 14th of 2000, um, I was in Jerusalem, 
And I remember we, we went up on the, the hotel roof and to look out over the city, and it was delightful. But, but I had to put a windbreaker on because it was chilly, um, which happens in, in the desert atmosphere or in the, the, the area of Jerusalem. In the evenings, it can get chilly. The very next day, May 15th, the wind shifted and it came from the east, from the Saudi Arabian desert. And the the wind called a Shirako came into Israel. And in one day, it went from delightful in the 70s to oppressive in triple digits in, in over 100 degrees. And the humidity was down to zero. It, I use the illustration. It, it's like It's like facing into... A, a blow dryer, a hair dryer that's just blowing into your, your face. And, and that's that illustration. You wanted me to have times of refreshing. You wanted to have um, a delightful spring, but instead I brought in this blasting wind. And then it uses the phrase mildew and hail. Um, and with that, I, I, in, in July of 1991, boy, it might sound really old now. I think I am. Well, you just have some great illustrations. <laughs> I, I think that some really interesting things have happened to you in your life. But, yeah. but yes, this is the hail story. Yeah, the hail story, the hailstorm. Um, we were hiking up in the Rocky Mountains um, near Estes Park, Colorado. And um, as we were doing this, a storm blew through, and the storm ended up having huge golf ball-sized hail coming down. And we were kind of out in, a, in, in an area where it was hard to find shelter, so instead we went over and we, we kind of hugged trees because we, we didn't want to go in a cave because there's lightning and hail and all these things. But after this hailstorm, it looked like somebody had taken a hammer and just hit us all over our, our shoulders and our heads. Thankfully, we had um, helmets on because we actually were biking. And, um, and, and because of that, that protected us a little bit. But we were just covered in bruises from this hail. Hail can be unbelievably destructive. And, and all of this God designs to come back to me. Yet you did not come back to me, declares the Lord. And, and this is a, a great time to talk about a head to heart. How often do I ignore God's call on me? Um, how often do I disobey him? And I'm not listening to his voice. I'm not really seeking his will. If I do that on a daily basis, remember, God will discipline us. He disciplines his people with a desire to restore the relationship. He invites us to come back. Are you listening and God is pricking your ears and, and your heart right now? Is he calling your name? Come back to me. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the Lord disciplines the one he loves and then chastens the one he accepts as his son. And that's such a good word there. Yet you did not come back to me. And I love your word, your phrase there in that head to heart. He invites us come back to me. Well, as we go into verses 18 and 19, we see once again those words, do consider. And what what is grabbing my heart and my mind today as we're going through this passage while this part of the book is the that God wants us to think deeply about his word, about his call, about his invitation, come back to me. Do consider from this day onward, the past, you were disobedient, but going forward from the 24th day of the ninth month, 
from the day when the temple of the Lord was founded, consider, 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 muse, think deeply, ponder, is the seed still in the barn? Even including the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree, it has not borne fruit. Yet from this day on, I will bless you. So God's pointing out the very real situation that they're in. They did not have a good harvest in this particular season. There there was not a good harvest. And yet God's saying, consider this, because you have turned, because you have looked back to what I'm calling you to do, the work that I've set before you, I will bless you going forward. So and just a quote that is found in the Expositor's Bible Commentary. From this day onward, the 18th of December in 520 BC, start thinking about how things have been from the last 16 or 18 years. But now their resumption of work on the temple is a turning point. The past, but God, he's just... He's so great, right? He calls us. He invites us. And at that turning point, he's not looking back anymore. So Haggai calls attention to the marked difference. What's going to happen in the land and the general blessing of God on the people's efforts. So consider, is the seed in the barn? Well, that's the wheat and the barley seed, including the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree. And that takes us back to Deuteronomy 8, verses 7 to 10, that mention of the seven species. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. He will provide, but we must choose to walk in obedience. The land has not borne fruit because the people have been disobedient. But then this beautiful phrase at the end of verse 19, yet from this day on, what? I will bless you. This short third sermon contains a powerful blessing. In the past, it was touch and go. While the people were putting themselves first, they suffered the agonies of drought and famine. But, you know, when they put God first, they began to enjoy his blessing. This was merely one way God chose to remind the people of his sovereignty. He, who is concerned with the temple, also controls the rain. And this is just a powerful quote from the Expositor's Bible Commentary. And when we think back to Walt's opening quote where he shared, God promised this community that if they would return and walk in obedience, he would bless them with his presence. He would give them his peace and they would experience prosperity. You know, and I just want to mention uh, that prosperity, it may occur here on the earth. We may realize a great Uh, wealth or finance or success in our career, but most certainly prosperity will occur when we get home. And when I'm saying home, I'm talking about our eternal home for all who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And and Brenda, even as you're sharing that, it it reminds me of John 14, too, uh, where Jesus says, "You you want to hear about prosperity? Let me tell you about my father's house. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. And I I just love that imagery and the reminder, um, even if we haven't had a great home here on earth, there's a mansion waiting for us. Um, Even if we haven't seen the prosperity on earth that that we long for, many of us, we will have prosperity. The streets, the the stinking streets are made of gold. Mm-hmm. It's that reminder that, that God someday will, will set us in a glorious, a glorious environment, and we will have contentment, we'll have peace with God, we'll have peace with one another, and um, we will delight to be there. When we walk well with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we can expect God's presence, God's peace, Because remember, we have the Prince of Peace as our Savior and God's prosperity. We've now been made princes and princesses. We've now been made royalty because we've been adopted into the Lord's family. Well, friends, um, this is our continual prayer for you, our listeners, that you would continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.